you get that one call a month for a for a tea time or those or 10 calls a month we probably don't even pay attention to it right but that's where the money's at if you can use generative ai to look at a knowledge base understand what they're asking and give them direction maybe it's not an integration but maybe it's let me send you a text with this link where you can book a tea time and we just have to send a text and generative ai does that for you that continues to grow that that experience is better that containment rate is higher that self-service completion rate is higher which is probably a better statistic for most yeah. businesses yep. today that's where i see gen ai going welcome to no hold time i'm brian i'm eric i'm david Today we are going to dive into the coldest topic in America right now, generative AI and GPT. I, I literally say that because every single conference, the entire workflow is all generative AI. So let's talk about it a little bit ourselves today. Um, why don't we start with trying to define it? Admittedly, the three of us aren't really going to define it as well as maybe others can help define mm -hmm. it, but let's talk a little bit about it. So generative AI, for a lack of a true definition, is really using uh, uh, an input, no matter how you phrase it, no matter how you uh, your, it, your intent is understood by the AI and it outputs uh, a, a usable, unique answer that you can use for content or for research or for whatever. And by the way, generative in nature, if you get an answer on the first question you ask it, it will and you and you reference that, it'll next it'll answer it again, understanding the last thing it answered to you. So it, it's got this idea of using natural language, to produce an output for you, and no matter how you input it. So it was the, the, the term that I keep stealing is you know, ChatGPT basically democratized the use of AI in these, in these solutions because it used to take someone that worked back here hours to code some sort of machine learning artificial concept to complete a task. Now, you give a, some little system a, a web link or a database or a knowledge base and you ask it a question, it will analyze that and spit out some sort of output for you. So, I think today, let's talk quite a bit about how we see Gen AI, GPT, natural language processing, whatever you want to call it, in customer service and where it's going. And I'm going to start maybe with just Let's start with the history. Um, do you want to talk, Eric, a little bit about what did we use? What what have you seen us do that we we never called AI, but really was kind of AI? And I'm thinking of like predictive intent and mm. some of those types of situations. Yeah. So, in creating something that feels human-like or a personalized experience, uh, so think of it as as the pre-artificial intelligence of knowing who I am, why, you know, why are you reaching out to me? 
you may have called in uh, to your cable provider and your bill was due in the next three days. It may say, hey, I see your, your bill's due in three days. Would you like to go ahead and pay that now? Or it could be in the airline industry. You have a flight coming up. You call in and it recognizes who you are and asks you, are you calling about your flight that you have tomorrow? So it's, it's predicting based off of a set of information about this caller or customer why they may be contacting you. And those are probably, uh, I'm trying to think of any others, Bremer, that uh, the, uh, maybe for prescription refills. Well, I've got a, I've got a, a money transfer idea. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. in the days of sending money internationally, domestically, whatever, a lot of times you'd have to walk into a store mm -hmm. There'd be a red Batman phone on the wall. You pick up the phone, it would dial a, an IVR. The IVR would authenticate you or give you some sort of thing, code or whatever, to give the person that worked behind the register for them to charge you a fee to send money to your in-laws or family or whatever. By the way, Mother, Mother's Day is the most trafficked business for that space of all time, of, yeah. of all year, Mother's Day is, interestingly enough. Um, that's interesting because Mother's Day is not always on the same day for every country. Uh, all right. I just learned something today. Um, but where the artificial intelligence, we never call it AI, no. but really what it was in, in, in machine learning and AI tend to be kind of smashed together a little bit. But the, the, the system, if you called, let's call it five times in 30 days, and you used the same, you know, registration ID that was tagged next to that red phone, yep. the system could learn and make an assumption that you were calling to do the same thing. So the artificial, it learned it, it made a guess on that you're calling it again, and it would just make the, the, the experience simpler. Yeah, we used to call those learning, literally learning, learning databases. databases. Exactly right. We never call it AI, even, but yeah. that's what it was, yeah. uh -huh. right? You had, you had some amazing developer, application developer, make this this code work, and it was really machine learning and AI yeah. at that point. How about you, David? Do you have any examples of, of, you know, AI before it was AI? Well, as you guys know, I'm newer into the space, but I think, I, I think what I'd like to do, I'm gonna take your question and go somewhere Skip else it. with it. Because <laughs> that's what I do, is, Talk about, like, I, I appreciate that we tried to define what generative AI is overall. And I think, as you said, we, we are not technologists, mm -hmm. right? We're not experts on creating and defining the technology. But what we are experts or close to experts is leveraging technologies and creating experiences that are frictionless and efficient for our customers to deploy for their customers, right? So I think what we should do is talk about maybe how generative AI is affecting our space because I think that's what we're like better equipped to do because overall like it's probably developing even now and it could be a different answer in two hours than, than it is. I think what I like is that our customers 
are seeing it and coming ask and asking us about it. Where in the past, I feel like as a salesperson in the past, we would have to go say, hey, hear about this new amazing thing. Mm -hmm. You, I think, can leverage in a, in a way that would benefit you financially or your customers and have a better customer experience. But I think what's unique about generative AI is it's all over the place in personal, financial, like business areas, and it's making so much noise that I think this is one of the few times in my career where customers are coming to me asking me like, hey, how are you going to use yeah. this? So I'm gonna pause you, because you're getting ahead of us. Yes. <laughs> I have an agenda. Why don't you explain for everybody what a virtual agent is? Let's just start there. Because I think generative AI is, is compounding on what we've kind of already started to with virtual agents. So we talk about what, what an IVA is or a virtual agent is. In <laughs> yeah, words. In, it, it virtual in the fact that it's not defined to audio or chat, right? It's, it's a tool that can help your customers or your customers' customers accomplish things. And we like to say that it can do what your best agent can Model do. Model it based on your best right. human agent. And so it can help your customers or, or you know, customers or you as a consumer self-serve, not have to wait on hold, no hold time, mm -hmm. and accomplish all of the things that your agents in theory can do. And the way it can do that is if you have a team behind the scenes that knows the use cases or the problems you you said in a previous previous episode that it's an issue or like a reason you reach out to a a, 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 it's a defect is a defect right mm -hmm. how can you solve that defect right and it's about having not just technology can do it but having a team behind the technology that knows how to get you it so that's the virtual agent right is solving defects for your customers and I, I think it's so, so to what David's referring to is, I, I said in a previous episode, go back and listen if you haven't, by the way. Um, we, were, we were chatting about this. A lot of times you're not reaching out to a brand to tell them good news about what the experience was. Like you're not calling and waiting on hold again to say thank you <laughs> for delivering like you told me you were gonna <laughs> yeah, deliver. Delivery on your promise. You, you typically, <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm stealing this again from someone, you're typically reaching out when there's a defect in the process, in the product, in the situation, whatever. Um, defect's an interesting word. And I think it's important to note too, David, that virtual agents don't have to just be in one channel. It mm -hmm. can be in all of the channels. And and I'd love to hear your definition of a virtual agent too, Eric. I know we've, we've kind of picked on it a little bit, but is there anything that you see as different in, a, in a, the IVA versus what David said, or, or you want to add color to it? Before Eric jumps in, I think not just defects. <laughs> I think maybe you're maybe there are also times where like maybe you're missing some information, right? So it's like a bank it could be a defect though, right? Like you need to know what your balance is. That's not a defect. That's just like I need the most up to date information about something. Okay. I'll buy it. That's the caveat I'll add. I could probably Sorry argue that. No, that's fine. And, and the only thing to add on to, to David's uh, definition is it's 
it feels going back to what an IVR was. So like a voice response, it's, it's question response, question response. And it, but it was built and tied into a specific flow. It was very linear mm -hmm. for a virtual agent. It's much more nimble. So you could have one question about a particular topic, and we'll probably get more into this when we talk generative AI, but when you're having a conversation with someone, you're, you're at a customer service counter, or even if you're just in any general dialogue, you, you may ask one question, and the next question that comes up is completely mm -hmm. on a different topic. Mm -hmm. And in the past, if you tried to do that in an IVR, your more traditional system, you could ask that first question. Mm -hmm. But if you needed something else, you'd have to go back to yeah. a menu. So it felt very, like this. it's a disparate type of um, experience. With virtual, with virtual agents and where it's going, I should be able to just stream of conscious, just throw questions at this virtual agent and it's nimble enough that says I can answer a question about a payment and I could answer a question about a technical support issue in that same dialogue stream. So I, I think that's a great segue into Gen AI because I think it's important for us to define in our eyes what the difference between a chat bot, which you kind of did, mm -hmm. and a virtual agent, mm -hmm. which you kind of did, right? So so in the legacy way of doing this, chatbots, you're right. Flow one had to go start to finish. If you tried to stop it, it broke yep. and it felt awful and no one ever wanted to try them again. Like chatbots mm -hmm. were great when they first came out, but let's be honest, they were awful mm -hmm. when it came to an experience. And if it failed once, people don't try it again. Yep. Yeah. They call and they scream yep. or they, they escalate in a way that they can. Virtual agents, really started to come around in the concept when this was term called conversational AI mm -hmm. came to play. And conversational AI was kind of the big brother, cousin, I don't know, of, of <laughs> ChatGPT. But it was more about you could, you could tell with your natural language this virtual agent yep. and it would understand the intent. Correct. Now, it was still on a legacy flow. Uh -huh. Like you still had to say, I want to make a payment for my great aunt Gertrude. And then it went down the payment flow. If you wanted to go switch in the middle of that, it yep. didn't really work that well. Yeah. Yep. It's, 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 where conver it's where generative AI and the concept of, of holding an intent throughout the entire conversation has really changed these things quite a bit. And so let's talk a little bit about how do you see chat GPT or generative AI or these large language models evolving these virtual agents? I kind of led to it a little mm -hmm. bit, but let's take it. What, what's the next thing? What, where, where does it go? I've got my own opinions, but let's start with David. What do you think, David? Yeah, I think that, well, it's on a similar vein of being able to help quickly and uniquely, right? There's not a stock answer. You talked about generative mm -hmm. and having information from maybe a previous conversation or early in the conversation to adapt. It'll learn from your customers, right? Like who they are. And so maybe they understand that they need to answer a question or a phrase and answer a little bit better. And isn't it, isn't it cool though that like 
some of the issues that you guys talked about with the old chatbot sort of exist with with humans too right like you could you could call and get to an agent and say hey i want to buy this okay hey by the way i have this question about oh sorry that's a different department let yep. me transfer you over right mm -hmm. where yes now with virtual agents coupled with conversational ai and generative ai is it's so nimble and it's learning as you're having the conversation and that's what is really exciting, that you can do more things more efficiently and be on your merry way. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, li I like that agent example because you're right. It was, you know, in, in the call center or contact center world, they refer to when you can take a particular type of call as a skill. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, you were single-skilled agents, and then you saw it evolve to multi-skill agents or your super agents and essentially went from IVR to now virtual agent where we're going is it may have had a single skill based off of what you initially told the IVR you wanted to do or virtual agent you wanted to do and getting into more of a conversational um, you know conversational approach where now this thing has multi-skills. Yeah, so right. now it can it's more like a Swiss army knife versus I can do this and do this only. Yeah, what about another skill of a different language mm -hmm. thrown on that, right? Where your agent had to be tagged with speaking yeah. Spanish or yep. whatever that may be, where you can have generative AI or a virtual agent who's assisting a and a real agent, you could have someone talking or chatting, typing in Spanish. It's translating that into English, talking to your agent where it's the same conversation happening in two languages, which you know, we talked about you know, my family's history in the past is I remember calling into an, a, a contact center and they would say hey, it's a it's a 20 minute wait and I would hang up call back and say oh, I would hit two for Espanol because I knew the wait was shorter <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> actually we used to we would have customers who would who would reach out to us and say wow our Spanish line is just blowing up what's going on well a group of customers figured it out that well, if we, we, we selected Spanish, they were all bilingual agents, so they would get to the Spanish queue, but they could just take their uh, their inquiry in and English. And the internet, uh, it's easy to post that. Exactly. There's so <laughs> many websites out there that say, if you want to get to someone fast, do, do this. Do, yes, right. yeah. Right. Find, um, yeah. Find a human or something like that, I think it was called. The, the other thing that I think about, when I think of how generative AI is going to evolve virtual agents mm -hmm. and chatbots and everything, like. I go back to a conversation that we had with our CEO. I've mm -hmm. got a demo that I do on a sales pitch. It's a hotel. It uses AI, anticipates why I'm calling based off my phone number, offers me the same problem solving that we would offer. And then at the end it goes, how can I help? Is there anything else I can help you with? Mm -hmm. And my CEO goes, well, Brian, what if I told this thing I want a tea time? And I go, well, John, <laughs> I don't have the integrations yet. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I love the idea, but I can't do it. Well, why? Like that to me, he's, he's right. Like yeah. that's where generative AI goes. And I heard some stats somewhere along the way. I was like, for every 1% containment, and obviously this number depends on your business, 
But every 1% containment is another million dollars a year in savings. Oh, and let's define what containment Thank you. is for that, that interaction mm -hmm. ended in the IVR or virtual agent application and did not require a human agent to intervene at all. Yeah, so. and that doesn't even mean self-service. That means they just didn't just get out. Just didn't get out. Yep. Know, containment has some negative connotations sometimes too, but for every 1% of, of added containment is almost a million dollars in savings every year. So the where I see generative AI kind of taking the next turn for virtual agents is we've all started to see it. It's It's... You know, we build these call flows and these chatbot flows, mm -hmm. these SMS thing flows to hit the 80% rule, yep. right? It's the 80% of calls, but it's that 20%, which is really where the growth is. You get that one call a month for a, for a tea time or those, or 10 calls a month. We probably don't even pay attention to it, right? But that's where the money's at. If you can use generative AI to look at a knowledge base understand what they're asking and give them direction maybe it's not an integration but maybe it's let me send you a text with this link where you can book a tea time and we just have to send a text and generative ai does that for you that continues to grow that that experience is better that containment rate is higher that self-service completion rate is higher which is probably a better statistic for most yeah, businesses yep. today that's where I see Gen AI going. The other thing that's I, we're not talking a lot about yet is in the contact center itself. Mm -hmm. Like there is so much <laughs> amazing things that the humans do and everyone's recording all these calls. And you know what happens? Pro tip, they all get transcribed into text, which can be ingested into a Gen AI. I'm probably giving someone a complete product detail now. <laughs> but you can take all that and, and learn what your best human agents are doing to teach the next level of virtual agents because yep. because there are going to be complex situations that a human have to do and if gen AI can tap into that rather than us go have to listen to millions of calls and build it it just continues to grow that positive experience that positive containment and there's a lot of money in there and there's a lot of high nps score things you can do in there the trick's going to be if it's good Yes. The trick's going to be if it's good. Because it we could probably do some of this 10 years ago. But I think where Gen AI is going to help us is bring it to a... It's a much better response than it was well, before. Well, and if you think about over the years where we've seen success, it's that very transactional type of self-service task. Sure. Like looking up an account balance, yep. making a payment. There's a well-defined way. It's the 80%. Where's my stuff? The 20%, those unknowns, and probably one of the biggest frustrations that we've had, customers have had over the years is those frequently asked questions. Yep. Like you get to an agent, and so think about your experience when you get to a human agent and you have a question, and you can just sense they're having to search, right? Oh, yeah. They have put all these knowledge, put you on hold, they have all these knowledge bases, and they're searching for that information. Well, where generative AI can take it, it from an agent and up into the virtual agent channel is it can search those same knowledge bases much faster. So where in the past, every time you, you could have a, a library of frequently asked questions, but unless the customer said it in that very way yeah. to get 
tagged as this is the right FAQ, mm -hmm. your hit rate was not very good. Well, and, and think about it. Whenever you had a question that was complex and you tried to self-serve on one of those online knowledge bases, oh, yeah. what did you get when you typed in a search bar? You got 48 articles yeah. yes. that might have one keyword that happened it, to your thing, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. Like that's where the fun part of this begins is because you'll have the right answer. Yeah. I mean, all, all three of us talk to airlines. Mm -hmm. Like we have our airline mm -hmm. clients, we have airline prospects. Yep. And someone recently in the last year said, my questions are too complex to per put in an automation. Like to the, you can look online, you can, you know, do everything you want, right? I, I had a good argument with him or her, both actually, <laughs> about I don't really, I don't really feel the same way. Yeah. Because y y let's use your example. You guys talked to a customer recently about mm -hmm. this. Like wh where, where did, where, what, what was the example you used uh, that you found that this may be, you know, Gen AI may yeah. be the right solution to move forward with well, what their efforts. I'll give you the I'll give the example of of what I went through that I shared, and then David, you can share what yeah. we sh kind of what we showed could happen. But I was, um, you know, I was traveling, um, went to put my known traveler number, so for pre TSA pre check pre check mm -hmm. right TSA pre check, and I thought I had everything entered in correctly, but wasn't quite sure because my reservation was already there. So I called in to the customer's application. It asked me to let them know why I'm calling in a few words. I said, oh, I just have a question about my known traveler number. What do you know? I went to one of those good old static FAQs around, um, what was it? Uh, uh, forms of ID, like eligibility around forms of ID. So it was everything around passports and nothing about why mm -hmm. I was calling. So. Of course, I had to go to an agent. I had to go explain it. And so I shared that scenario um, with, with one of our partners and said, you know, what, what if when I called in, I said, I have a question about my known traveler number. And it said, it, it was able to recognize, oh, I, we see we have on file. What do you want to know about it? How do I know for sure I'm on pre-TSA uh, pre check? Um, and it says, oh, on your boarding pass above the barcode, you'll see a green pre-TSA. That was it. I would have been done with my call. But that, that's sort of the example of the old and what we've yeah. had for years, which is just a, trying to do your hardest to, to take that call and apply it to an FAQ that didn't apply, and I had to go to a human agent, versus now if I could really understand specifically why you're calling, I can offer up very simple information without having to go to a human it's agent. 80-20 rule, 80-20 right? rule. So, yeah. so, David, why don't you talk about just a scenario <laughs> for an airline that is tough to answer all those questions and, you know, maybe some options there. Well, I think something that doesn't get thought about enough is that these questions are, the answers to the questions are evolving, mm -hmm. right? And so, what happens whenever an answer is different than it was two days ago? Some developer needs to go in there and code a change and all that stuff where we did this and so we did the demonstration of checking a bag, right? And checking a bag could have 200 different questions. How big can it be? Uh, what can I check? What, how, what can I carry on? Like all of the how different- How much does it cost? All of those yeah. things, right? And we, we did a demonstration of what it cost 
and then went on to um, a lounge at the airport, yep. and we asked the question of how much does a day pass cost? And you know, we, we did the demo, we, we ingested something from their website, and they came up with the answer, and after the demo, our partner said, oh, I didn't even know we offered <laughs> day passes. Yeah. And that's because it had been updated. They weren't acknowledged, they, they weren't informed, and like nothing had to happen. They yep. updated it in their website, and boom, you have the most up-to-date information per the website out to your customers. What well, we've always learned in this in this industry, we work with a lot of customer service and operations team, and unfortunately, a lot of times, they're the last to know. Yep. Something yeah. comes out from marketing and from product or something gets published on the website, and a lot of times it's customers then telling them, hey, we just received this or we just saw this and they're scrambling trying to figure out what changed. Well, in you know being able to go and source that same level of real-time information yeah. to provide accuracy, the moment it's updated, the next customer who has a question about that, they're getting the latest you know real-time up-to-date information. And I think that's what helped. Let's be honest, everyone's a little bit of afraid of, the, of generative AI. They're scared of it. They don't know what it means. It, you're sourcing the entire internet. But we took a step back and said, in you know customer service, customer care, where would it make the most sense? And it just come, comes back to anywhere there's a knowledge base of yeah. information yeah. that's available, that's a way to put up some guardrails to go and just only tap into the same information your customer would receive on the .com site or that the, your human agents have access to to go source as well. Why not use that as a resource? I agree. I think it's important, and I know we've talked about it in a previous episode, mm -hmm. but it's important to distinguish the difference between the like free-form oh, generative yeah. AI than what what how we leverage it as customer experience experts, right? Like, I know you talked about this before. I think it'd be good to clarify for people that are maybe new to understand what the difference between leveraging generative AI in your customer experience yeah. solution versus just out there. Absolutely. In the and I think where, and Brian, I, I you brought this up before, um, about how over the past six months, you know, ChatGPT was out there and exploded. It became a toy for everyone. We all had fun yeah. with it. So you'd go and say, "Write me a song about a guy from the Midwest with a, you know, with this model of a car," and it would write you a song. So we were all having fun with it. And then when you started to figure out or peek behind the curtains, well, where is this information going or coming from? And you learned, well. It's just scouring the entire internet. It's like, whoa, you know, it could return anything. So when we looked at it, when we started talking about how could we help our customers and use this information, we said, well, we don't want to go out and search the entire internet. No customer's going to, or no yeah. organization's going to want that because it could bring back competitor information, someone's information on their personal blog, just things that an organization would not want to offer up to yeah. a consumer of theirs. So in 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 kind of this the space we're in, what we knew that was always out there was information on, on an organization's website, the tools, the knowledge bases that their live agents had to tap into when you're talking to them, and Bremer, you said it, they put you on hold, they're searching information, they're only as good as their keyword searches. How do we harness that investment 
in a, in a, with a virtual uh, a virtual agent. And we think that our point of view is, let's already uh, those investments, those resources you've already have out there that we haven't been able to tap into. Now's the time. Let's have a conversation about how do we leverage those, you know, that content today. I, I think it's a good segment for our last piece of this. Um, you know, historically, I mean, even even when we were doing natural language uh -huh. when we started this thing, yeah, it it's still customers would not buy into it. Like they were worried that it was the great beyond or the next yeah. evolution of Terminator, where the AI <laughs> was coming to kill us all. <laughs> but GPT came around and. Instantly, everybody bought in. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because of how fun and loud and, and crazy it was, or people started going, man, we missed out on the last version of this. We can't miss out on the yeah, next yeah. version. But I think that leads to the next piece, which is skepticism of all of this. Mm -hmm. And bias and language support and everything that comes with, with it, too. I'd love to understand, I'll kind of give my piece and then I'll mm -hmm. let you guys ask the same thing. The skepticism is, is to what you kind of picked on a little bit, which is, is it true? Mm -hmm. Like there are all kinds of stories out there, true, right or wrong, where lawyers took this to court, got disbarred because they used things that were completely made up. Yep. Um, you, you, I mean, heck, even I did it. I've, wrote, I've asked for some sort of uh, response on a knowledge base and I got a completely made up answer that I knew was wrong. And so the skepticism continues to be, and I don't think, and I know because Google's even talked about it, and so has Salesforce, and so has Adobe, that hallucinations are a thing. They're starting to figure out how to corral it, but they won't be able to corral it. So the skepticism from me and from, from people I talk to is, yes, I think I need to invest in this, but I'm scared out of my mind what it's going to do to my brand because mm -hmm. one wrong thing, one biased, one, you know, taboo topic will ruin 15 years of good brand. Yeah. And so I think we all as, as folks in this space have to consider that when we talk to customers and we talk to businesses because skepticism is going to be real forever because it goes back to, I mean, you still dial IVRs today and it's still press one for this and two mm -hmm. for that because they didn't trust speech technology nope. back then. Nope. And, and I'm rambling a bit, <laughs> but where I'm going is like, where, where do you guys see, you know, where, what other skepticism do you have or do you hear from, from yeah. your customers that, that may hesitate them from jumping, you know, with two feet into this thing? How about you, David? Let's start with you. Yeah, I you you tagged you. It's the most important thing. Like most important thing, one of the two most important things to companies are their employees and their customers, right? And if you lose a customer, you know, you lose more customers, then you lose your employees, and then you're not a company anymore, right? So that's the hesitation is affecting my customers in a negative way that affects my brand. And so I think a unique way, not unique way, but a cool way I've seen and I've talked to many of our customers about it is what is a way to implement generative AI in a way that's not going to affect my customers and that's internally right and we've talked about leveraging transcriptions of conversations to train your virtual agent but also it could train or get information quickly 
to your agents, right? And so maybe it's a new agent that is just two weeks in, they, they, aren't, they haven't memorized the handbook yet, and they're chatting or talking to someone, and they don't know how to solve this, right? You know that there's, there's training materials and FAQs that are available to their customers that generative AI could leverage to get them that answer quickly. And so now you've made your agent who's maybe new, more skilled and faster to respond and haven't affected external, mm -hmm. externally your customer base, right? And so I think that's one way customers or people that are out there that are apprehensive to leverage the technology, that's a cool way to use it internally, like internal Start FAQs, internal. Yeah. internal FAQs or internal IVRs, training materials, like HR, stuff that isn't yeah. gonna affect your brand externally. Think about HR, I mean, e even those are wonderful folks in human resources, the amount of information yeah. that they have to n know things about, they're, they're constantly having to, to, to search for questions employees have. What if either you know being an HR representative or even an employee that had a question that needed a search to like paragraph five section F of this of the employee handbook for that response, but you were just able to chat your question, pulls the information from a source of truth, back to your point, it's not sourcing information that's outside of your company, but get it back to you, you know, near real time without having to have either a human on the other side or yourself go and try to find it manually. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end today because I think there is a technology leg of this that I think we should bring on in a future yes. future episode where we talk a little bit about where Gen AI can work in the technology side mm -hmm. um, because I think there's still a little bit of, of skepticism and even from the government, they have no regulation really on this stuff yeah. that's all going to be changing soon because... What are the outputs? Are the outputs your now your intellectual property? Are they are they something you <laughs> have true. to worry about copyright infringement? There's all kinds of stuff in there. So let's let's pause on that for next time. Um, thanks for joining us again. You know, subscribe, like. We would love comments. We would love feedback. If you want us to talk about something other than this or with this or something related to your business, please please comment it because we'd love to have more. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks. longer every episode. <laughs> <laughs>